I am so excited to tell you that I'm finally reopening the doors to my Partnerships Masterclass course, which is absolutely everything you need to confidently build successful partnerships. And successful partnerships unlock an entirely untapped revenue stream for your business through sponsorships, while collaborative partnerships can see you reaching hundreds of thousands of potential customers without monetary spend. So they have the power to both make you money via a whole new revenue stream for your business and save you money with your marketing activity, which is so awesome. I have run this course quite exclusively in the past with really small cohorts of business owners, agency owners, and marketers. So I would say it's incredibly valuable if you're one of these three types of fabulous people looking to build a partnership skill set and revenue stream, or you're looking to offer partnerships as a service to your clients. This course is the most accessible way you can work with me personally as well. And while you have a lifetime access to the course content and obviously lifetime access to the skills and relationships you build as part of this course, you're also really not thrown in the deep end at all because I keep the cohort small on purpose so that you get that mentorship and support from me throughout the whole thing. So we're going to get you so excited about the opportunities ahead for your business, super clear on your growth strategy and how you're going to build meaningful and pivotal relationships. It's going to be so good. And doors open on the 11th of August. They're only open for 10 days though. So make sure you're on the wait list so that you don't miss out. We're actually kicking the cohort off on um, August 22nd. So immediately after the doors open, pretty much <laughs> the course begins and the doors are closed again. So you want to be on that wait list so that you don't miss out. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can access that. And you'll also nab some wait list bonuses as well if you're on there. So I can't wait to see you there. Uh, thanks so much for listening and I'll let you get into the episode now. Hello and welcome to Stop, Collaborate and Listen. We are a podcast about marketing, collaboration and business and we're brought to you by Collabasaurus.com, the matchmaker for brands. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Stop, Collaborate and Listen. I'm your host Jess Rufus and today is going to be a short, sharp and shiny episode on meetings and holding productive meetings. And I want to say before I get started, just a massive thank you to everyone who continues to tune into this podcast. We have thousands of listeners now all over the world, which makes me so happy and excited. And sharing the podcast is one of the best ways you can support us. I mean, we spend so much time developing content that we hope you love and editing the episodes and all of that kind of stuff. So a big thank you in advance for all of your referrals and shares of this podcast and listens every week. I so appreciate it. But let's get into today. I am breaking down let you know the topic of let's have more productive meetings and shorter meetings into five main parts. So the first part is booking that meeting. The second is the agenda. The third is the structure. Fourth is the mode. And the fifth is the aftermath. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Okay, part one to this episode is booking the meeting. And I have said this before and I will say it again. You guys have got to jump on the Calendly train. Calendly has been a tool I've used for, I would say, about two years now. And it has changed my life. It is so much quicker to organize meetings, whether they be in person 
or via the phone and you can preset questions so that everyone knows the information that they need to know before the meeting gets started and it's all automatic and everyone receives reminders automatically and you can set buffers in your calendar. There's seriously no end to what you can do with Calendly. I absolutely love it. So go check it out if you haven't already. So let's reduce the time it takes to organize that meeting with tools like Calendly. There's plenty of others. There's ones like You Can Book Me as well, but definitely get onto a software because I trust me, it will save you so much time. You think about how much time you spend going back and forth trying to find a time that's suitable between two people. Part two is the agenda. So I was talking to someone about this the other day and I think it's really important to be able to vocalize what it is you want to get out of that meeting and vice versa, draw that out of the other person before you have that meeting. And this is something I really noticed in the US. Americans are so great at doing this. Australians, not so much. (laughs) So I think getting very clear on your agenda and also what the other person's agenda is, is going to make any meeting so much more productive. So write that down. What's the outcome you want from any meeting? What do you want to achieve? And check that, you know, Uh, mental checkbox off that you've communicated that to the person that you're having a meeting with. Part three is structure, which I think is very interesting. And another thing that differs between Australian culture and American culture, I really noticed. Uh, So in Australia, I find there's so much more chit chat. Lots of people want to grab a coffee and have a meeting for the sake of having a meeting when things don't necessarily have a clear structure or agenda to it. Uh, One of the best things you can do is be the main driver of a clear structure um, because you can get the meetings done so much quicker. I read a LinkedIn post the other day that was so clever. It was going on about how no meeting should be more than 20 minutes. No business meeting should need to be more than 20 minutes. And I actually agree with that. I think that's about right. Keeping the meeting time at a minimum means that you need to have a clear structure in place. Something that worked really well in the US I found was this kind of unspoken structure that went a little bit like this. The first part of the meeting was always really a quick little bit about you and then a quick little bit about me. The second part of the meeting was reiterating why the meeting is being held. The third part of the meeting is asking how you can be of help to that person. That bit's really important. Um, The fourth bit is asking that person how they can be of help to you based on the quick conversation you just had. And then the last little bit is the follow-up afterwards, which I'm going to go into more detail about in just a second. But having a structure like that, even if it's just sort of mentally in your head or you've written it into the calendar invite can be a really great technique as well. Have clear steps where it's like, okay, what do we need to get through to one, be normal human beings and have a conversation that's really interesting, but also figure out how you can help each other and stick to that outcome agenda that you have in mind from the beginning. Part four is mode, which is something I'm really looking at for myself a lot lately. And that's really how you take the meeting. Uh, In 2017, at the end of 2017, I made a pact with myself that 2018, I needed to be much more protective of my time when it came to meetings. Because what was happening with me in 2017 is that I would 
get requests for meetings from other people and then I'd be like oh you know where's easy for you and then I'd end up traveling half an hour from home to take the meeting do the meeting for an hour and then it's a half hour travel time back which just absolutely didn't add up when I needed to get work done or have multiple meetings in a day and all that kind of thing Um, so the mode of meeting is actually really important to consider as well and what I've been trying to do more and more of is to think could I do this via a video call or a phone call before doing the in-person meetup? Because often, I mean, these days, so many people are remote. So many people work from home a couple days a week and it can be really inconvenient to do the in-person thing. I do really value the in-person meetup, absolutely. But if it's a quick, let's get to know each other type thing, um, you can really use a video call like a Google Hangouts or a Zoom meeting or a Skype meeting first to um, see how you can help each other. And then if it, if it seems like it's going to be you know, a worthwhile conversation to take further, then maybe that's when you can do the in-person meeting. So There's those kinds of things to consider. The other thing you could look at is whether you want to do walking meetings, um, which is something that I absolutely love, um, especially if you can multitask. I know Suze Chadwick is a big fan of taking client uh, sort of deep dive calls in the car so she can drive and have them on Bluetooth. Um, I do love the concept of those walking meetings where you can either do it on the phone or meet up and go for a little walk and kind of kill two birds with one stone and get moving. Um, easier said than done though. I haven't done many of those yet. Um, but walking meetings are a really great uh, opportunity to, yeah, get outside the box and do something a little bit different. And I think the, the mode of meeting in terms of the setting is also quite important. You know, are you going to be meeting at a cafe or are you going to be meeting in an office? Sometimes, depending on the type of meeting that it is, that's really important to consider. Um, so for example, I have had plenty of investment of investor meetings at cafes, which I actually really don't like because I default into, I used to work in hospitality. And so I default into like super bubbly, super nice, like overly interested in the food and coffee. And then there's so many distractions around that it actually gets quite tricky to build a really engaging pitch. You know, it's much more of a casual conversation in a coffee setting. Um, So I think Think about the setting that you want to have that meeting in as well and how it relates to your agenda or overarching goal as well. Okay, number five is to always follow up. This is the aftermath section. So always follow up no matter what. Meetings are fantastic ways to build relationships and so many people don't follow up after a meeting. I would definitely recommend doing this as soon as possible, like as quickly after a meeting as you can um, because it makes a really great impression. And if you can action any of the action items from the meeting straight away, that's really impressive as well and and does wonders for um, moving relationships forward and also, you know, uh, achieving that agenda, that goal that you had in mind at the beginning of the meeting as well. So that's it from me, guys. I told you it was going to be short, sharp and shiny. I just feel like this stuff needs to sometimes just be said and a great reminder to everyone. It's definitely been a reminder to me um, this sort of last couple of months to really keep meetings short and sharp and no longer than they need to be, to limit travel time, to keep things really tight and organized and to make sure that I'm helping as much as I can and that these meetings are actually going to, you know, 
go somewhere if, if possible <laughs> and not have just a whole lot of like social catch-ups all the time um, in the middle of work days. So I hope that helps you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.